0: The Numinous Podcast, with Carmen Spaniola.
1: Hi there, and welcome to the Numinous Podcast, where we have interesting conversations with everyday folks about the mystery of life. This podcast is a compliment to the Numinous School, an online intuition development course for people who want their self-awareness to serve a greater good. I'm your host, Carmen Spaniola. And this week, I'm shaking it up a little bit. I normally save my listener shout outs and reviews till the end. But this week, I want to dedicate this show to my number one fan. She left a review that said she's listened to every single episode of the Numinous podcast, some of them several times. Her name is Stephanie Ray. I know she listens when she's editing her photos. She's a professional photographer, and she's done all of the beautiful imagery on my website. My guest this week is our mutual friend and creative collaborator, the woman who designed my website, the wonderfully talented Brooke Semple of Seesaw Design. I know you're going to love this one, Steph. I caught up with Brooke over Skype. She was at home in Victoria, BC. Okay, so uh, let's talk about culture. Okay. So you and I, we mastermind on the regular. And yep. uh, so, but let's kind of like bring people up to speed on kind of an ongoing conversation we've been having for okay. over a year, right? You, you first mm-hmm. started to talk about the intersection of culture and marketing and brand quite a while ago, and I was really mm-hmm. lit up by that. And so I want you to just start by explaining and defining, if you can, what culture is. What are the components? What are you talking about when you talk about culture?
0: hmm. Well, when I think about culture, I think about the things that bring us together. So to me, it's almost like it's like a collective expression of an experience. So it's almost like, you know, it's it's so many layers. It's like a tapestry. It's like all of the it's like all of the symbols and stories and metaphors and sounds and flavors that kind of unite us as a group and allow us to speak to one another and relate to one another. And then of course, there's this whole idea of culture as it's passed down. So there's almost this lineage component, you know, it's almost like an inherited identity that we have in a culture. And there's a historical context to culture too. So there's this this kind of time and place that comes into culture. So it's so multi-layered, yeah.
1: So when you've talked about design, you know, okay, so design, when I think of design, I think of innovation. I think of always mm-hmm. trying to think of something new, and mm-hmm. yet it creates culture and yet it passes down culture as well. It's doing so That's many right. things at once. And it is. I think a lot of the times we want to be so original, or we want mm-hmm. to maybe sometimes be referencing classics. Now, when mm-hmm. it comes to business, though, because you're a business and branding and marketing expert. Mm-hmm. This can become really tricky because it's mm-hmm. easy to fall into a trap of what's been handed down.
0: That's right. So where yeah. do you
1: think culture and brand intersect successfully? Like, what what do you mm-hmm. like? Because I love your aesthetic. Everybody loves your aesthetic. When people go on my website, they frequently send me little messages on Facebook or email or whatever and say, mm-hmm. I love what you do. And, and I hear many people saying, I want a website just like yours. Aww. And so you have a really lovely Mm -hmm. aesthetic. How do you then create something fresh Mm -hmm. and client-centered when Mm -hmm. we get when it's so easy to just sort of fall into the well-worn path of what's been handed down?
0: Mm -hmm. It's a challenge because it's almost like there's this world of aesthetics which is influencing how I'd go designing something like a website And then there's the whole world of branding. So how do you kind of, how do you want to go about that? Do you want to talk about branding and how it relates to culture? Or more about like this relationship with a client and interpreting their vision and their values and and where they're coming from? Because that's kind of more of a personal personal relationship that I have as a designer with my clients mm-hmm. and then and then branding is sort of more of a process that's that's gone about a little bit differently
1: Well let's talk about branding because then those of us who are entrepreneurs will not hmm. be able to help but project ourselves into a personal <laughs> okay. relationship with you <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> okay okay that sounds good yeah. well like okay if we unpack branding if we think about what branding is on the one hand it, it is simple but on the other hand it's so much more because branding really relates to perception it's your reputation it's your it's your values as a business it's um but it's also in the minds of your customers so it's it's how they're viewing you and when you brand successfully i think it's when you do a really good job of lining up what your business values and cares about and how you nurture relationships and how you um how you go about solving a particular problem for someone, and then how you're lining up with your target market or your client and ensuring that that that, that communication connection is made. So you're really resonating in the way that you intend. And when you do that, um, then you brand successfully because um, you're really going to connect with them in a way that resonates and inspires them and makes them feel moved to want to connect with you, right? So there's that aspect of it.
1: I think, too, though, when I think of that, it's like, you okay, so you said the word resonate. And some yeah. brands really resonate. And I like having them in the world. And I feel like they're, you know, they're contributing to my life in a positive way. And then there's other brands where I feel like there's something disingenuine, perhaps, and mm-hmm. taken together when it seems like they're so much not great branding in the world yeah I don't I don't I you know we can't help but acknowledge that all of these brands in the western culture anyway create culture like we That's they right just do and so they just do it's I, true there's so much bad branding out there and there's so much mm-hmm. copycatting and there's and and I don't mm-hmm. really know how you avoid that but when you're thinking about resonance mm-hmm. how do you think we can like again here's me projecting as an entrepreneur How do you uh, move through the world in a way, uh, creating work that resonates with people and how do you do that in an original way without Mm -hmm. just, again, like kind of falling into that copycat kind Mm -hmm. of rut, you know, because I'm going to resonate with somebody and go, oh, I love that. Well, there's obviously something about that that I like, so maybe I should be incorporating
0: that. Yeah. And
1: where's the line?
0: Oh totally. Well, you can't help but be influenced by the world around you. I mean, we all are. We're, con- you know, we're all online, we're all being influenced by so much visual material on a daily basis. It's unavoidable. But I think that the people who go about creating work that shall we say, maybe it's not that that not that it's without influence, but that feels fresh and innovative and new and that it's coming from the right place or coming from a more genuine place, less contrived, more original, more I think often that comes from someone who is creating from genuine experience. Mm -hmm. So when I always find the differences is when I'm working with someone who's in quite a state of alignment with themselves and they really are creating from their own experiences, they've tuned into their own voice, they know what they value, and it's their own values that are coming through because of an experience that has shaped that value system. Mm -hmm. Then when you go to tap into that as a designer and that relationship and working with a client closely and I, I can see that and I can feel that and I'm trying to translate that visually, it's much easier for me to think about how to translate that in a way that will have resonance, for one thing, because there's just more of a foundation of, of quality there to begin with. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
1: It does to me. And you know you know, what really resonated with me, Brooke, is when one, uh, I don't know, many months ago, uh, in our regular biweekly meeting, you said... We were talking, I think, about slow marketing or something mm-hmm. like that, maybe about this idea of resonance. And you said, you know, you have to create a body of work. And man, I've been thinking about that and using that yeah. forever since then. You know, and and, I, and whether you're an entrepreneur or not, I think about life building as mm-hmm. creating a body of work, it's like how am yeah. I showing up? How is how am I available to the world? Mm-hmm. And that's I think when you're talking about creating out of your experience, you have to show up in the world. You have that's to right. you have to be creating a body of work. Like so, for me, even creating this podcast was totally out of my comfort zone. There's all these mm-hmm. pain in the ass things you have to do with technology first. Uh-huh. There's all, you know <laughs> you have to learn all this stuff, and then you have to do it. You have to like like stay passionate, you know, this is creating a body of work and going through what Seth Godin calls the dip, right? The dip when you're not as excited anymore. Absolutely. The dip where like you, you know, it's like kind of crickets for a bit. Is everyone on holiday? Is anybody out there (laughs) listening? You know, whatever it is. Um, Yeah. So, and and I think too that this like, this approach, whether you're an entrepreneur or if it's just your life, when I think about, uh, when I think about entrepreneurship, I actually see myself more as an artist mm-hmm. than an entrepreneur, which might offend you because you actually have a degree in art. But
0: um. <laughs> no, that, I that does not offend me at all. No, I think when, like, what you're tapping into with this idea of creating as an artist, as opposed to creating as an entrepreneur, if you want to contrast that, it's exactly right. You're creating from a different place, you're creating a body of work, you're creating. Um, not to fill a gap in a market, but because this is what your soul needs to create. This is is the idea you need to share. Mm -hmm. That's a very different place to come from. And I think that when you do come from that place, people feel it. People Mm -hmm. feel it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I
1: think that idea too is interesting when it comes to like you bring in people like the people out there or you know if if you're an entrepreneur it's like what's the marketplace I somebody Mm -hmm. asked me the other day in a professional professional context uh, they said oh who's your competition in your region and I was like I have no idea I have no (laughs) idea what are you even talking about I haven't even thought of that (laughs) yeah that's just not what I I think of it as culture I think of it as community and so I it it's the idea of marketplace, it, it's it's hard for me to connect with.
0: And that that's why I love, like, yeah, that's why I love working with small businesses and individuals, because there is a much smaller gap in that scenario between that person, that business, and their market, right? Like, that's a tiny gap between the two. They come from the same place. They come out of the same culture. It's it's not this wide gap between individual and corporation that you have to fill with a lot of contrived marketing right, right? so so that relationship is so much more natural and close to begin with
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it makes it so that when you do start to communicate and you do start to create things i mean there's much of a much less of a need to strategize and much much more of a need to just simply connect with people. Right.
1: Yeah. So when you are creating and you're, okay, so you have this person who comes, let's say you're working with somebody who's really tuned into their voice. They're like, this is what I want to do. And they tell Mm -hmm. you, I love this person's website and that person's (laughs) website. And they're like, I want to bring it down Mm -hmm. to you as a creator. What yep. are you feeling when you're like, oh, I really see this person, and I like you're getting all these visuals in your own mind as an artist, yes. and then they 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 rattle off all these other people that you're like, wow, that's really sexy, that's really glossy, but that mm-hmm. is so not you. Like, how do you, yeah. as a creator, deal with that?
0: Well, usually I ignore it, <laughs> and then I go do what I want. No, um, no, hey, it works for me. <laughs> Well, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's like really trying to, to communicate and show people that, that it will be a huge disservice for them to copy other people for one thing, because like with the whole online world, everyone has seen what you're referencing. Usually, like a, to a lot greater extent than you're aware of. So, what you might think of just as being an influence to you is probably something most people have some degree of exposure to. So, you're going to see that copycattery happening. Mm-hmm. And so, and then it's just a, it's such a disservice to you and what you bring because when you are working with a creative professional, you know, or working with a designer, you have this opportunity to make something totally. Unique and original and custom, and so mm-hmm. it's a wasted opportunity almost to to not really dive in deep with your own material and try to almost excavate those beautiful, you know, potential, um, just the beautiful potential that's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, whenever I work with somebody new, it's like I, I am so inspired and so excited because I feel like I can't wait to see what we're going to uncover through the creative process. And it's only when you engage in creative process that the solution comes out, whether it's a visual, like aesthetic solution, or whether it's a communication solution, you only get that once you've, really started to engage in the creative process. So okay. it's
1: it's what are you even talking about when you say <laughs> engage in the, because I'm like, tell me, tell me, tell me. Like I want to know what Brooke's creative process is because how are you coming up okay. with all this beauty? Like, yeah. Tell me.
0: Well <laughs> I <laughs> well in terms of process, I mean it really starts with conversation. So it starts with really understanding my client and what what their vision is and what they care about and what they're passionate about, the work that they do, where they've come from, what their experience is. And then it's taking all of that and and almost going to the drawing board and just writing. I mean, in terms of the process, I almost, I start with language. I start with feeling. It sounds like a funny thing, but it's thinking about what is the emotional quality behind what this person is doing? Mm -hmm. And once I uncover the emotional feeling quality and then I pair that with the more rational message that needs to be communicated, then it's really a matter of going into creating a visual language that is going to marry the two. Mm -hmm. So it goes from brainstorming adjectives that are going to communicate the emotional quality, and then it goes into sketches where I'm trying to explore what visual symbols um, or illustrations can kind of c- communicate that tone. And then we go into sort of the strategic part where we're thinking about language and, and how it's all going to come together into one one big piece or project. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Pop quiz because I love this I've even <laughs> I've even done this with you several times and I was there but let's talk about my website. okay, okay. so <laughs> what what okay if, if people mm. haven't been to my website they'll go but for now let's just assume you've been. Uh, what's the emotional tone? Like, what? what's the feeling word that you were working with when you were creating the kind of visual? I know I'm pretty type A and I gave you a lot of, <laughs> like, I like this. But I, don't I like love that. that. Okay. I love that
0: though. I love that. I love type A because that means you're really invested in your work and that's what I love the most. Um, I think the feeling quality is almost light and airy and natural. There was that element of intuition, which is an kind of an abstract thing to try to communicate but I think when you think of it from a natural perspective like air or just that kind of summery feeling of the ocean and the fields and and wanting it to be sort of something people could could uh, connect with in a way that was approachable
1: yeah, there was a lot so of, I was like white space, white space. And you were like, you kind of <laughs> tweaked it. You were like negative space. Like it could be light. Mm-hmm. It could be sky. It could be ocean as long as it's yeah. expansive. Yeah. Okay. Pop quiz. quiz, your <laughs> website. Because I love this game. Okay. <laughs> what was My the emotional website. tone you were going for? Because yours is like, I know you love gold and coral and particular typefaces, but how, so those are all of those symbols and visual cues, but what was the emotional tone you're going for?
0: Well, for my website, it's almost like, I like almost bold, uh, strength. I almost like a bit of a mask, like a, you know, a bit of a masculine kind of rational strength. Mm Um, so I like things to be organized very well but I also I also wanted it to have a feeling of playfulness Mm -hmm. in my own way which is very subtle (laughs) but but yeah just a feeling of kind of organized strong grounded detail oriented you're like a
1: beautiful classic leather watch (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like like beautiful kind of timeless elegance translated On visually okay um pop quiz numinous school so I was like okay Swedish modern design yes. Martha Stewart yeah uh, intuition and like adult learning mm-hmm. <laughs> The vision. so what was the feel because you created icons we had gifs we have all these things what was yep. the emotional tone
0: well I mean I loved this idea of pairing this sort of Swedish Scandinavian aesthetic which is very modern and clean with this idea of a mystical school so then you bring in the this, this symbols you bring in kind of an esoteric quality which is being translated in a modern way but still has that root to it um, so yeah it was kind of marrying the two in a way that would have a balance that would have a feeling of structure Mm -hmm. like a nice table of contents when you open a book Mm -hmm. right so it references that print that print editorial aesthetic Mm -hmm. that i love and that i know you love and so it was a blend of those
1: yeah okay so i i I love this game this is like unpacking why do things (laughs) give us the certain kind of feel those colors the approach okay so all of this means so we, we create this work, we go through the creative process, we come up with a thing. I made this thing, everybody. And <laughs> then people kind of gravitate towards it and they mm-hmm. resonate. And then what sort of wants to happen is we want to, you know, we can kind of smell our own, right? It's like we're it's like people walking out of the woods into a clearing. It's like, oh, you're here too. How did you get here? And mm-hmm. and you kind of are like, oh, we share this kind of aesthetic. We don't mm-hmm. we don't know. What exactly it is. We haven't unpacked it in the unpacking game like we just played, but we like this Mm -hmm. aesthetic. And so maybe a person sees a website and they're like, hey, I like the cut of her jib. I like this sort of thing. And the next Mm -hmm. thing you know, you're kind of in community with people. You Mm -hmm. know, you're a fan or you're a follower or you've signed up for a Facebook group or you, you know, you're one of those people who reads everything that that blogger puts out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Community is a real buzzword with branding mm-hmm. and and this is again I feel how like we don't realize we're building what we're really building is culture. Mm-hmm. Now some people and public figures can sort of inspire a community really well and really authentically and it goes great and then sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a little forced or sometimes you're in a community that starts great and then it becomes forced what do you think is the difference what do you think are sort of like the traps that people maybe fall into what happens there how do things start off so great and authentic and then turn out maybe hitting a bit of a wrong note
0: well yeah the first thing that pops to mind is almost like you know if you think Think of a painter, right? A painter when they first start a new body of work, and it's fresh and it's new, and they're putting it out, and it's, they've, they've created this new body of work, and then it goes to market, and the gallery starts selling loads of them, and then they kind of have to become this weird caricature of themselves right. in order to stay afloat. <laughs> so they're pumping out this work that was really fresh a couple years ago, but now it's just not—it's not where they're genuinely at anymore. Mm-hmm and i think that that's probably maybe that maybe that's a little bit what you're talking about when you say that it started great and then it starts to kind of become forced mm-hmm. but then i think that there's other layers to it as well where somebody you know when somebody taps into an idea that at that point in time the community or the culture they're they're ready to explore that idea too and so when maybe it starts with an individual and that individual is the catalyst to putting and spreading that idea and sharing this new concept. But, but it comes at a time where that community and that culture is ready to explore that too. And so there's this relationship and the two can kind of feed each other and fuel each other. And I think, yeah, so it's almost like larger than that person themselves Mm. when it's successful. It's, it's they're tapping into something intuitively that the culture wants to be thinking about mm-hmm. and exploring. Maybe it's a personal growth concept or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's something else, but, but it is larger than them in that regard. I think mm-hmm. often when it's, when it's really hitting, hitting a note.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Right. That, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me when you put it that way. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, another thing actually that I was, popped into my mind as you were speaking is Seth Godin and how he talks about um meeting expectations like you start mm. off being great at meeting expectations right and so you keep becoming more and more successful and then inevitably you're not going to meet everybody's expectations that's right. so inevitably you're you're it's you're gonna fail that's the point of that's right is you're gonna fail and what he oh. sort of said in one line was the only way to um not hit that point of not meeting expectations is to do something unexpected.
0: Oh, that's so true.
1: Yeah. So it's like, this has been really successful. I better do something different.
0: Otherwise, I know. <laughs> this is going to come and that's, back. And that's a hard thing to do when you're already kind of far along the path. I find entrepreneurs are really great at that at the beginning because it's risky to start a business. But once you find something that's working for you, and something that's sustaining your livelihood it can become really risky right mm-hmm. to change change things up and risk failing and risk having to start all over again so yeah, yeah but you're absolutely right cuz you do you will inevitably start letting people down if you don't
1: well it's so, like, I know I do this all the time, but I see the world, like each of us is like our own entrepreneur, even if you've been working for like the government for 30 years or a nine to five or, or you know, whatever, you know, because it doesn't matter what you do. If you're always doing the same thing, you find the thing that works for you. Inevitably,
0: that's right. You're going to hit so an true. upper
1: limit on that. Like you that's just right. are. And even if that upper limit means that you just gradually become bored of yourself. You are Mm -hmm. going to hit an upper limit in your capacity to keep doing the same thing. So you have to, at some point, risk.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And it's becoming aware of those points in our lives, isn't it? Where we can see and recognize, okay, this is starting to be, this is, I've hit that point Mm -hmm. where I need to reinvent or rethink, or maybe just introduce some creative thinking to, to whatever it is I'm about to embark on.
1: Okay, so this is awesome, because your tagline is, let's design a better world together. And when uh-huh. I first read that, I was like, that sounds like the Jetsons. Like, it sounds like something like futuristic. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, I want to design a better world. Like, <laughs> I, let's get to the easel like this sounds fun but but it's a, like that's that's a pretty big invitation I, I'm curious about like how you came up with that what are you what are you talking about when what are you thinking and feeling when you're thinking about building into a, de- a better world together designing specifically designing a special a better world together mm-hmm.
0: well when I think about design um, I think about solving problems so to me it's more than aesthetics I mean there's the aesthetic component But then there's solving problems and sharing ideas. And so I wanted the tagline to be an invitation. It's very much an invitation to collaborate Mm. because I often see my work as a pairing to whatever it is that they're doing, Mm. to whatever it is my client is doing. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm super fortunate to work with people that are often involved in often involved in either quite ethical pursuits or sustainable pursuits, or they, they want to uplift the world in some way, or they want to contribute in some way. And so when I'm assisting them in that process of whatever it is that they want to bring to the world to make the world a better place, to me, it's that's really fulfilling. And those are the kinds of people I want to line up with. Mm. So there's there's that. And then there's that whole problem solving and creative thinking component, which is where I think, you know, when you think of design thinking, it's really looking at problems as having potential solutions. So not just be feeling defeated by seeing a problem in the world, but by thinking, how can we creatively solve this problem and see it as as having space for for a new potential or something better to come out of it? So Mm -hmm. it kind of has both those layers to it. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I read an interview once where the, I think the question was like, how do you support the community where you live or something? And you said, mm-hmm. I think the best way to serve community is to simply participate in it. So, yeah, not, I, which I love. I think that so it sounds like, you know, even you showing up to do your work is participating in community and supporting it that way. I'm yeah. really curious, what do you make or create just for yourself?
0: Mhm. Well, I love gardening. Has been a new passion. Mm-hmm. Gardening is sort of a new passion. I used to do a, a lot more painting, so every so often I'll I'll explore painting. But but recently, I'm finding the nice sort of a nice break between doing a lot of digital work is going outside and just planning, planning veggie beds and planning gardens and thinking about flowers and colors and and that kind of side of things. It's a nice pairing to my online. Uh, but, you know, business. Yeah. I mm-hmm. actually,
1: I follow you on Instagram. And oh. And pictures that you put up with your garden. You just have I that good, things. like, you know, yeah. the foreground is all crisp and the background's all blurry. It's very Pinterest-y. It's very- Thank you. <laughs> it's Thank very, you. It's very pinnable. Um, it's, okay. This is the last question on the the Numinous podcast. From the Proust mm-hmm. Questionnaire, Brooke Simple, what do you consider perfect happiness?
0: Mm. Oh, I think perfect happiness is, is being who you really are and connecting with people. Just, yeah, having a great connection with people. So being able to have a really great conversation with someone, um, to, share, to share ideas together, brainstorm together, yeah, and just being ourselves together. That, that to me is happiness. It's simple, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I love being
1: myself together with
0: you. <laughs> I just want to be myself with you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Carmen. This has been great.
1: I'm sorry, but there's just nothing to be done except to love her. She really is that sweet and sincere and just whip smart. I love our little jam sessions. I, I, I can't get enough of how Brooke thinks and I love her background in art history. It just really comes through. So thoughtful. Um, I have to just say right now that I'm totally mortified that at about six minutes and a half into the numinous podcast I don't know what I did but I said the word disingenuine which is not a word so it's disingenuous and that is what I meant to say or maybe I meant to say not genuine I can't, I don't I don't know what I was doing but uh, I feel totally embarrassed about that uh, disingenuous means to be not candid or sincere Uh, disingenuine is not a real word, kids. Okay. I would like to thank you so much for listening, especially my listeners in Puerto Rico. I, what are you doing? What are you doing up so late listening to me? This is so sweet of you to be here. Thank you, listeners in Puerto Rico. And if you enjoyed the show, please share it far and wide because you never know who needs to hear it right now. And if you'd like to leave a review on iTunes, It just tickles me. I just love it. I thank you so much. And if you'd like more information about Brooke, I know that's really what you're waiting for. You want to know all about Brooke and Seesaw Design. Well, you can go to my website, CarmenSpaniola.com and see one example. And you will find a link to her website where there are more examples of her brilliance. She also uh, was my collaborator in designing the Numinous School, my online intuition development course. And you can find out more about that there at CarmenSpaniola.com. While you're there, sign up for my monthly email newsletter. You'll instantly receive a free meditation download and you'll get something free from me every month. Until next time, take care.